like to minister this morning on the necessary burden. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. There is more than one definition to the word burden, and it has more than one usage in the Bible. I am going to try to, uh, you know, for the purposes of this preaching this morning, try to qualify it a little bit for you. One of the key definitions for the word burden is responsibility. In the Old Testament, for an example, the book of Numbers chapter 4, the scripture teaches that the Lord charged Moses, who was to then charge those that were a part of a certain tribe and household, and he was to tell them that their burden was certain things that had to do with the house of God. That became he called it their burden. What he was saying is, this is their responsibility. I place this responsibility upon them. I'm giving you the knowledge of that responsibility for you to teach them and give it to them. I will require this of them. This is what I want them to do. This is their responsibility. God is always looking for people who are going to bear the responsibility. There are some things that many people would think are not necessary, that they don't see what the good of it is. They, there's others that feel like they can just take certain responsibilities unto themselves. It is important to get things in their proper Bible perspective that we do things according to the mind of God, that we don't try to bend God to our will or bend the preaching to our will, but that we, in turn, bend to God's will, that we bend to His Word. He is fixed, and He is settled, and He is right, and He has put everything in its proper place. The enemy has sought from before the foundation of the world to get what God put in its place to get it out of its place. And for an example, the Bible teaches that Satan, Lucifer, the old serpent, the devil, the dragon, that he, the angel of destruction and, and uh, the messenger of, of destruction, that he would, uh, he tried very hard, evidently, to uh, get a third well, to get all the angels. He wound up with a third. To get them to go away from the responsibility, to lay that responsibility down, to throw it aside, and to not any longer carry the responsibility that was ordained of God for them. And they listened to him, and that was one of the big problems. You've got to take heed to what you hear. There are some things you should not open your ears to that will bring in words that will deceive your mind. You want chapter and verse in subject matter. You want the word of the Lord. You do not want to hear something that is going to increase your ego, puffy you up, pride, 
make you feel like something like you're not and deceive your heart to take a stance against God and His righteous ways. A third of the heavenly host were taken in by the father of lies, the one in whom there was no truth, not from the beginning. And consequently, the Bible said they left. They left their first estate. They left the most important thing, and that was what God had placed in their being, in their lives, if you please. What he had put at their disposal, what he had provided for them. Instead, they walked away from this burden of the Lord. Now, Jesus said in the New Testament, he said that my burden is light. My burden is light. I want you to understand that the burden of disobedience is very heavy. That the way of throwing the responsibility aside leads to a very hard road, a very difficult path and journey. It leads us away from God, even as the third of the heavenly angels were put out of heaven. That's the ironic thing about it is that sometimes people think, lifting their nose and their pride, that they're walking out on, on God and on the church, and all the while they're being moved out. They were put out of heaven. I don't want you to feel that you're going away from God. I want you to realize the devil is going to tell you that living for God is too big a burden. He's going to tell you that it's too much responsibility. And it translates into too heavy a load for you to carry. But you know, the Lord will never and has never required anybody to carry too heavy a burden. The heaviness, the load, the weight that settles on people that is too heavy, that comes from the enemy. He's the one that messes up life. He's the one that twists up the thinking in the heart. He's the one that deceives. He's the one that brings all of the pestilence and the sickness and the anger and the pride. He's the one that stirs all of the fleshly emotions up. He's the one that inspires and produces the works of the flesh through the weakness of the flesh. And into a very confused, darkened, mixed up, unhappy, dissatisfied world came Jesus. He was God come in the flesh. And he came to do something for everybody that could be termed no other way but good. He came to do good. He came to bring you a whole better situation. Let me put it into a vehicle for you because you're a vehicle. Every one of us are a vehicle. But let me first put it into those Fords and Cadillacs and whatever you want to call it. And you just think of yourself like that old broken down jalopy when the, you stop 
the water runs out of the radiator and the oil is leaking on the parking lot or your driveway and the windows won't go up or down and the air conditioner, well, that quit a long time ago and the seats are ripped. As one man told me, he said, my radio was a transistor. Now, some of you don't even know what that was. Whew, I hate to say that. I'm showing my age. But that was a big thing, you know, when they came out with the transistor radio. And that was just a little old thing that could sit right there someplace on your dashboard. Or in his case, he said it was between the seats. Oh, and when he sat on the seats, that really helped because it held down the springs that were popping out of it. And, uh, you know, that's how you've got to vision, envision your life. You've got to realize that things are popping out every which way. Moses did a certain deed before he was trained of the Lord. He went ahead and thought he'd do it all on his own steam. Let me tell you, a little shout and a little dance is not going to get it done. It takes more. People can imitate a shout and a dance. People, there's plenty of people that got good pipes and they can sing. Hear me when I tell you, there are plenty of people that are eloquent. Isn't that what Paul faced with one individual before the king? Having some fella come down to withstand the, the words of God. And he was very eloquent in how he spoke. That means he was polished. He was good with words. He was a pretty persuasive fella. He could bring a lot of imagery with his words that would sway people's minds. But I want to tell you, it's going to take more than all of the natural talents and all of the uh, persuasions of a human spirit. It's going to take more than the talent that people possess in this world. It's going to take a burden of the word of the Lord to settle into your heart. The Bible said very plainly that there were men like Habakkuk and there were those that came and brought the burden of the word of the Lord. That's how their book started out. The burden of the word of the Lord. They faced all kinds of opposition. They faced all kinds of family, friends, people on the job, up and down the street, and they had to bear the burden of the word of the Lord, meaning I know they're not going to like this. I know they're not going to be happy about this. There won't be any more apple pie coming by my house from them. But he had the burden of the word of the Lord upon him. Had the responsibility, as it was written to one prophet, said, spare not and cry aloud. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Or was that a saxophone? Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and don't spare anybody. Preach the word of the Lord. Give them the chapter and the verse. Give them the directions of life. Give them that which is going to help them to get out of the miserable mess that they're in. And the prophet went on to tell them that there's a day coming when there's going to be a child born and a son is going to come your way and he's going to be the wonderful. He's going to be the counselor. He's going to be the mighty God in flesh. He 
He's going to be the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. He's going to come into a very darkened, a very confusing, a very dissatisfied, jalopy, broken down world. And people are just blinded in the darkness. And they're stumbling over everything, tripped up by everything, distracted by everything, going in wrong directions. But he's come to give you a brand new vehicle where everything works just right. Just right. Don't take more than a band-aid. It's gonna take more than a little mercurochrome. It's gonna take more than a little pat on the back, a little shake of the hand. It's gonna take more than a little signing of a card. It's gonna take more than some little generalization and watering down and just saying I believe it's going to take more than that there is a you should require a burden of proof you should tell yourself that there is a burden of proof here there is a responsibility of proof the Bible said in one place talked about the proof of your love proving that there is the love of God in your heart Proving that there has been an experience that has taken place in your life that has gone beyond the surface, that it's got down into the depths of where your inner man is, to your heart of hearts, that it gets beyond the little top part of things, but it gets down to where you really live. Jesus said, I'm standing at the door of your heart and I am knocking. I am knocking. I, I, you don't tell me that you've invited me in when you don't open the door. You open the door, I come in. He said, I come in, I'm going to clean up because you see, the, necess the necessary burden, it's a whole gospel that ministers to the whole person and it first cleans up the inside. It gets in there where all the bad stuff is and it begins to clean that out. You talk about a house cleaning. There is a responsibility of God's word that's got to get in your heart that tells you that you're going to get an experience that is better than what you got. It's going to relieve you of the heavy load of sin and the hard path that you're on and it's going to bring you to joy, to peace, and to righteousness. It's going to bring you an eternal hope. It's going to bring you the salvation of God. It's going to bring you that. Jesus said, my, my burden is light. And if you couple it together in the whole sentence, then it's easy. It's not, a, it's not a difficult and hard road to walk when you get on the, the path, the righteous path, the path of the righteous, the path of life, the scripture used, headed towards the gate that leads to eternal life. But there is a burden of Jesus Christ. There is a burden of His Word. There is a burden of His name. There is a burden. There is a responsibility that you must have. And as Jesus said, you must be born again. It is necessary. He's not going to say anything through His Word and teaching that is not necessary. 
You want what's necessary, what is required, must needs. It cannot be overlooked. You can't, Jesus said, you can't go over it, under it, or around it. He said, you got to come right through this thing. You got to come through the burden of it. You've got to get under the responsibility and the load of it. You've got to see it as a necessary burden. You've got to see it as a necessary responsibility. You have a responsibility to be born again of water and of the Spirit, Jesus said. He said, don't marvel that I say that unto you. Don't let that take your breath away. Don't let that knock you over. Don't let that cause you to despair or run to the right or run to the left or back up in retreat and hide yourself somewhere. No, he's telling you, accept, accept. It's necessary. It's a necessary burden. Oh, but other people say things and they don't like it when I tell them that. They don't like it when I say that I found out that I need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Everybody did not agree with God Almighty and the two-thirds of the heavenly host. There was a third led by Lucifer that left, turned away, went back. When Jesus led uh, above 500 out to a, a mount called Bethany, the Mount Olive in Bethany and there he told them that they had to go and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost because he'd already said you must be born again of water and of the Spirit. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and the only reason to ever be baptized is for the remission, the full pardon, the forgiveness and the setting away of sin. That's what it's for. Buried with Jesus Christ. Jesus led them above 500 and told them that repentance and remission of sins be preached in his name. That's Jesus, his name, his name above every name, among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. It was a starting place. And the Bible teaches that he told them that they were to wait for the promise of the Spirit, which saith he, you have heard of me. He let them know that after they received the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the Lord, into their hearts and lives, that they would then be born again of the Spirit. Not enough just to be born again of water. You've got to be born again of water and of the Spirit. And it's, it's necessary. It's a necessary burden. It's a necessary responsibility. If you were going to go on a long trip, there's some necessary burdens that your car that you must take care of about your vehicle. It's got to have gas. God knows how much that's costing. And it's got to have oil. And it's got to have water. You know, you can make it without an air conditioner. Not so much fun, but you can do it. You know, you just let those windows down and let that natural breeze start coming through there. And you can make it without a radio or a CD player. You can make it without those kind of things. And you know what? It, it doesn't matter if your seats are ripped. You know? Another necessary thing I would say would be good tires. You, need, you don't want to get a flat going right out of the driveway. So you'd like to have a decent tire on there. These are, there are some things that are necessary and obviously some things that are not necessary. And the thing about Jesus Christ is he's going to trade in, let you trade in your old life. Let you trade in that messed up where half the stuff or more than half the stuff don't work and things aren't just going in the right direction and I'm miserable and every time I think I'm going to get a step ahead, something goes wrong. Every time I pay to fix one thing, something else breaks. 
There's a breakdown here and a letdown here and a disappointment here and a dissatisfaction over here and this load gets so heavy I'm working just to keep the jalopy going here. And I, I this is not a good scenario here. But Jesus is saying you can come unto me and I will lift that heavy loading off of you. I'll get rid of the sin. I'll get rid of what's tripping you up. I'll get rid of what's got you going in all kinds of different directions and you're hurting yourself. Everywhere you go, you're hurting yourself. Another dent in the fender. Another ding on the door. Another mess up here and another let down there. But Jesus is saying, listen, you come on to me because my burden is light. I'll give you a responsibility that fits just right. I won't ask anything of you that isn't necessary. Not anything that's not necessary. First order of business, you get born again of water and spirit. Let me clean up the inside. And when I clean up the inside, then we'll go to work on the outside. And I will not require anything that is not necessary now that you're saved to keep you saved. Just a necessary burden. Just a chapter and verse. Just the teaching of the word of the Lord. Now, you can remain steady. While people, while people take a contrary stance to how to be saved, how to be, meaning how to be delivered from sin, there are people that think that they can imitate everything that God does in His church. All the while, there's a heart full of sin. And I tell you, it does not work, and it will never work. There has to be a change here. There has to be a trade-in. You get the better end of the trade-in. You know, if you go trade your car in, your natural car, forget it, honey, you're going to lose. They win every time. You don't win. They win. They fool with those numbers. And you, you're talking about needing a, a forensic accountant to see where the fraud is at. Because, man, they're playing with the numbers on both sides, and they got so many things on that piece of paper, and you're just looking, where do I sign you know, that's about how you feel about it because they got you hooked. You're seeing that shiny new vehicle out there and you're thinking about that air conditioner works real good. All I got to do is push a button and whoo, I go from CD number one to CD number two. How awesome it is. And I can even get eight more in the back of the trunk somewhere or in the glove compartment or under the seat. All oh, the things they got out there now. It's just going to be so great. Where do I sign? And you're not paying any attention to what's going on. You've made a trade in and you're losing money on both ends of the line. But I want you to know with Jesus Christ you become a winner yes you're born a loser but you're born again a winner he gives you the great trade he gives you a, something so much better than what you've drug into him and you've dumped at his altar you can leave all your puke and your rot and your sin and your putrefaction and your mess you can burp it up and leave it in repentance wash it away in water baptism and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that Jesus said after that you'll have power over all the power of the enemy. You can tread upon the scorpions and the serpents. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. You want to get that necessary burden. These things are necessary. It is necessary to be saved. And it is necessary to know to do the things that save us. And it begins with you believing and repenting. You can't be saved and hang on to your sin. Now, the world will imitate that with all kinds of their religions, and they'll, they'll do it all kinds of different ways for you and show you all kinds of different looks. But the truth of the matter is, there's no deliverance there whatsoever. 
one man was found out to be uh, claiming to have this uh, truth in his life, to have Jesus Christ in his heart and all of that. And then a little something happened and it came out in the public. And he said, well, <laughs> the reason I was fouillaying around with her uh, because I'm waiting on my deliverance. Hmm. Well, he's going to be waiting at that bus stop a long time. If you want deliverance, then you got to repent. Jesus said, if you don't, you're going to perish. So you repent. That means you tell God not only that you're sorry. You tell him you're sorry. But not only, but you're going to make a turnaround. You're going to forsake. You're going to get away from. One place in, in the book of 1 Corinthians, there was a problem and that broke out. And then you go over to 2 Corinthians where they dealt with it. And, and in dealing with it, said, he acknowledged. He said, you're showing me some proof of your love here. I'm seeing some proof now that you really are repenting because he said you're getting away from this thing. You're cleansing and clearing yourself of this thing. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ wants to clear out your heart. He wants to get all of that junk out of there. He wants to get that sin out of there. He wants to get that leprosy out of there. He wants to get that cancer out of there. He wants to get rid of all of that. He wants to clean you up on the inside. And when he does that, there's going to be an outward a visual proof that that has happened. People are going to see you in a whole different light. Everybody ain't going to like it. Many people are going to get convicted about it, but it's necessary. It's a necessary thing. And Jesus Christ through the church does not require anything that's not necessary. It needs to be done. You repent. And then you can keep on believing. You don't stop. You keep on believing the word of the Lord, and it tells you to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the full pardon, the forgiveness of all of your sins. And then it tells you, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And everybody said, praise the Lord. And you know what? Then you get to the book of Romans, and from Romans to Revelation, the rest of the Bible is written about how to keep you saved. You get this salvation by being born again of water and of the Spirit. And you keep saved. Keep this salvation working in your life by doing all the things that it teaches from Romans to Revelation. It teaches you how to be what you're called to be. The burden of the Word of the Lord. One man stood by the wayside and he had his, he had his brochure and his tickets in his pocket. He was, he was going to do a little religious thing up at Jerusalem. And, brother, he already had the cruise lined up. He is going across the Mediterranean Sea, and he was going to hit all the hot spots. And he was going to visit all the clubs, and he was going to catch a lot of fish off the side of that boat that he was going on. And all the different things he had envisioned. But you know what happened that day? That day, the Savior came trudging along in front of him with a cross on his back and crown of thorns in his head and his clothes cut to ribbons by being beat with 361 stripes on his back bleeding profusely all his organs exposed no one my god you talk about staph infection and MRSA and everything else they want to name him that must have been attacking that body as he took that cross and headed up to that place of the skull up to Calvary and on his way now somebody said Jesus fell I never read that in the Bible but I do read where they reached into the crowd and grabbed the fella and they said you come help him bear that cross and he they had to compel him you know what he was doing <laughs> not me not me I had a man the other day one of the pastors told me and the man said I got an invitation to your church 
He said, now I was thinking about going to church and whoop, here comes an invitation right on my doorstep. And he said, so I thought, okay, I want to go to church. There's an invitation. I'll go to that church. It was just that simple what it came down to. But he said, you know, I got close to the church and I looked and saw the cars and I started thinking, I don't know anybody in there. Everybody's going to be looking funny at me and I don't know if I want to walk in there, you know. And he turned the car around. And he said, then I went down the street and I turned back around. I headed back to church again. And he said, he's telling the pastor this. And he said, I turned back around and I headed back away and he finally said, I just went home. Well, the pastor um, had a little problem with his house alarm. And so he called the company. And the company said, we'll send a man out. Who do you think they sent out? Yep, it was that very same guy. Name was Ozzy. Ozzy. Came to the door and he knocked on the door and he said, hi, um, people sent me out. Now, he didn't know who he was talking to because he never got to the church. So he never met the pastor. And so knocks on the door and said, hey, I'm from such and such company. I said, I came to fix your alarm. He said, okay, that's great. He said, come on in. So he had to fix the alarm. And so, of course, pastor started witnessing to him. And he said, my goodness. He said, you know what? And he told him the story of how he started to head to his church. And he, and he said, uh, he got done with the job. And he said, uh, the pastor said, well, I hope you'll come out to the church. He said, I really want you to come on out. He said, he said yeah, yeah. He said, okay, okay. So he drove off this job. Well, you know, a funny thing happened. Uh, it wasn't too many days later that something went wrong with the alarm again. And who did they send out? But the same guy. And, and, and the pastor said, you know what? He said, uh, you're scaring me. <laughs> it wasn't him being scared. It was a pastor said, you're scaring me. He said, you know, in other words, friend, you just need to go ahead and follow through here. You need to quit running away and making U-turns away from. You need to make a U-turn and a beeline too. You need to go ahead and accept the responsibility of the calling that is coming your way, the call of salvation. You need to come on and repent, and I will baptize you in Jesus' name, and he will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and you can learn how to stay saved and be a son and a daughter of God and live an overcoming life because Revelation said it's going to be to the overcomers you got to keep on repenting and keep on overcoming each and every day you got to put that devil under your feet and keep him under your feet you got to maintain the vehicle that Jesus is going to give you and he's going to give you the most blessed of all vehicles everybody said praise the Lord and he's only going to give you the necessary He's not going to put anything in your life that isn't necessary. Not going to require anything of you that is not necessary. Amen. Sometimes you may not see it, but you need to believe it when it's chapter and verse. And everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Some people fuss with salvation. And then some people get salvation, and then they start fussing with it after they get it. Start fussing with Romans to Revelation. They start having trouble with authority. They start having trouble with submission, sincerity. But you know, we have to worship Him. It's necessary that we worship Him in spirit and in truth and in sincerity, in subject matter. Sincerity. We have to be real about what we're doing. It's an unfeigned faith that got recognized in three generations that Paul wrote about. A, a, a grandmother, a mother, and a son. And he said, the same things in you that was in them. How beautiful to have that unfeigned faith, to have that real thing. This is not fake. This is not phony. This is not a put on. And I promise you, the only thing that can cover you, the only thing that can get, deal with your problem and problems is the born again experience 
and maintaining that born-again experience in your life. A little shout, a little dance, a little pat on the back, a little quick little something is not going to do it. It never has, and it never will. You hear me? It's like somebody, some guy went all around the place, you know, and he got backing, and he got people to, they wanted to make money off of him making money, and so they promoted him and sent him all over the world, and, and he went to Australia, and he said that 50,000 made a decision for Christ. And then he left. And the government issued a statement 30 days later. said, hey, they're still the same. No change here. Matter of fact, they're getting worse. It's going to take more than just you saying, me too. Okay? It's going to take more. It's kind of like you going out, going out to eat and somebody bring you one French fry. I believe it's going to take more. Hmm? Now you take these boys to eat, promise, don't, do not give them a little happy meal because they're not going to be happy. You know, that's an appetizer. That's a warm-up. You understand? Okay. Everybody said praise the Lord. You need more. And Jesus has given you the opportunity to have more. He's given you something better. Had a man one time that uh, was a uh, running back for the Chicago Bears. And he was drafted. He played for them. He ran a touchdown in front of 99,000 people. And shortly after that, he got baptized in Jesus' name, got the Holy Ghost, became a preacher, walked away from all of that old lifestyle. And he said, man, you know the Holy Ghost got to be something. Because he said to overcome, be better than 99,000 people clapping and applauding you and the rush of running that kind of touchdown. He said, you know the Holy Ghost has got to be something. And the Holy Ghost is something. The Holy Ghost is out of this world. The Holy Ghost comes from above. The Holy Ghost ministers to the real need in your life and he knows exactly what you need he knows what's necessary except you be born again it's necessary and God's requirements are for your own good he knows what you need and he knows what's best let's lift our hearts with our hands talking to you about the necessary burden it's necessary it's a responsibility don't think of it so much as a big old weight and a big old load. You might want to think of it more about being a responsibility. And you can grow in responsibility and you'll grow in authority. Authority over the enemy. Be able to cast him out, put him under your feet. Some people want to do things with everybody else. you got to first get it going on in your own life. I told one woman that came to this church after 18 long years. She wanted this one to be saved and that one to be saved. I said, how about you first? You first. Then, then you'll have something in your life that they can see. You'll have the proof of the experience. You'll have it. They will see the change. You won't be cussing anymore. You won't be telling dirty stories anymore. You won't be going in places you shouldn't go with people you shouldn't be with doing things you shouldn't be doing. And they'll see that. And they'll begin to see an outward change too because of that inward change. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let us lift our hearts with our hands. Thank you, Lord. The altar is open. Everybody's invited. You can have the Holy Ghost. We'll baptize you. We want to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. You can't smooth this over. You can't swipe it under the rug. Come on now. That's where I long to be.
to bask in your spirit. Come on now. That's where I long Holy to Ghost. be. Come on, I we're praying here. Everybody's welcome. There's deliverance here. There's a salvation here. Lord, I surrender. surrender. People have been delivered from dope. All kinds of addictions. Prayed in that old lifestyle for a new lifestyle. Let's get rid of the old and get the new. Let's get rid of what's a weight and not necessary. And let's get what is light and easy and is necessary. Come on now. To dwell in your presence. That's where I long to be. Lord, I want Come on now. to bask in Our your holy. spirit. That's where I long to be. Holy art thou long. I give you permission. I love you, Jesus. I need your help. I need this experience. I want to be delivered. I want to be proved. I want a real, genuine experience, Lord. It's all that I am. That's where I long. I give you permission. Come on, we're praying. Everybody's praying together. Thank you, Jesus. Got this young lady this morning. Got this young girl. Lord, I surrender. I have a beautiful touch. Lord, I close to you, Lord. Surrender every part of the master's hand. Thank you, Lord, God. We give you praise. We give you praise and we give you praise. Fire in our lives. That's where I long to be. Oh, Holy Lord, come on, we're praying. Keep your mind on the Lord. I love you, Jesus. Lord, Let me talk to I you, Lord. Let me call on your name, Jesus. To Let dwell me experience in your presence. The great salvation Deliver me, oh Lord. That's where I long wonderful to in my life. Oh, let me go down the wrong path any further. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. To bow. In your spirit, that's where I long to be. I give you permission, Lord, to live in my heart. Lord, I surrender, surrender every part to be in your presence. It's all that I am. That's where 